Today's edition of the podcast is brought to you by Coach Me Plus. Coach Me Plus is the leader in athlete management software and a product that I've been lucky enough to be using for a little over a year now. Only rivaled by the impeccable customer service that Kevin and his staff provides, Coach Me Plus's ability to constantly be amoeba-like in their ability to mold and, and matriculate what you're trying to get across and bring together is, is absolutely fantastic. Their constant pursuit of better ways and better methods and, and innovations and progress to their own product is absolutely fantastic. Go over to CoachMePlus.com, check out what they got, guys. It's, uh, it's something that I guarantee you won't be disappointed with. Today, guys, we're going to sit down and talk with Illinois' Interim Director for Sports Medicine and their Director of Integrated Performance, 2016 presenter Randy Ballard. Guys, we're going to talk about working with the athlete in 2016. And it's, uh, it starts out, we're going to talk about the unique setup that Randy has up there in Illinois and, and how they've built it. They've, they've got this really uh, awesome model that you know, that's triangular as he starts to talk about quite a bit with the strength coach, the head coach, and, and him in sports medicine. And they talk about how monitoring and things of that nature have worked their way into it. He gets into where it started and why it started. Then he got into how he got to uh, the whole thing going, how they built it and started to expand it, the evolutions made, and and what it's driven uh, and what has driven its development. It's, it's really a, a cool story, and, and for people looking to start these sort of things uh, in their programs. It's a, it's a great example of, of listening to someone and being able to take what they've done and build from there. You know, he, he talks about the commonalities in all of these things and how it leads to communication, building relationships, and driving questions. And, I, you know, it's, it's awesome that we keep hearing these same things because it means that there's a, a lot of people that, that are doing really well that, that are doing the same thing. So it's, it's neat to hear that. You know, and then Randy gets into uh, what to expect from him in the seminar. And then, you know, as Brett said last week, I asked him the question, what should people be asking you? And uh, is this the right path? You know, are we, are the questions we are asking the kids and the tech we are using really giving us what we think it is? It's, um, it's an interesting thought. It's an interesting idea. It's a, it's a couple of great questions, and he gets into those. Absolutely fascinating talk, guys. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Let's get right to it. Oh, I apologize about the phone. I'm probably the first guy on a phone while doing a, a webcast with you. So no. that's how I roll. It's big time, dude. <laughs> it's big that's time. how I roll at Illinois. Yeah, man. This is this is the Big Ten. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But no, so uh, yeah, Landon said, Landon finally figured out what we were talking about. He sent me like three text messages. He had no clue what I was talking about. <laughs> Imagine that. But uh, yeah. But no, so. The setup and how you do kind of the, the wellness monitoring with the team, I think, is something okay. that's really cool. And then okay. we can just talk about that and how that got going and where you, what you do and how that works with like the whole team, okay. the whole performance team. And then yep. what can people expect from Randy at the seminar? Awesome. So, let's, so you don't let's keep do it there too long. We'll try to keep about a half hour and let you cool. go on with your day, all right? Sounds great. Record. <laughs> We're live. All right. Randy, thanks for being on with us today, buddy. Yeah, I'm fired up. This should be fun. Yeah, yeah. So 
a lot of people when they talk monitoring and they talk, you know, all of the high performancey type things, they usually look at the strength coach or just a specific person in general doing that on staff. But at Illinois, it's a little different. The uh, the Interim director of sports medicine is the guy running the show, looking at some of those things. So let's talk about how you designed what you're doing with volleyball there, where it all came from, how you incorporate it, and how that works with your whole performance team. Okay. Cool. Well, um, as you mentioned, I'm an athletic trainer by training, but I don't really consider myself one. I just consider myself uh, a generalist who has a lot of interests that – Thankfully, administration over the years has let me be organic and just evolve as a professional and as a person and pursue my passions and interests, and that's what I do. So um, monitoring for me started uh, – oh, well, I mean, I guess it depends on your definition of monitoring, right? Yeah. So uh, really for me, I, I'm very blessed. I have some tremendous mentors, and, and for me, monitoring in terms of I think at times people pigeonhole monitoring into GPS or questionnaires or HRV and really – for me, monitoring is a much more global perspective. I think those things are looking through a rifle scope, and at times we need to back out to maybe 30,000 feet and look at things first and then dial things in. And so one of my mentors, Gary Winkler, who's a world-class track coach, uh, when I came to Illinois, I got to work – I had the privilege to work with him uh, for, shoot, probably 10 years um, before he retired. And Gary was meticulous with documenting every aspect of training. And so I saw firsthand how – collecting data, looking at data, uh, looking at what could be affecting outcomes, uh, what drives results, those kind of things firsthand. I remember one time sitting on a flight and asking him about a former athlete of his uh, who had been retired for numerous years, and he pulled up the training logs of hers on his computer right there, and we looked through two months of her training going into the Olympic trials in like 1993. And so having those records, having those reference points, that to me is partly monitoring. That's what monitoring is about. And so that's kind of where I kind of started getting exposed and having this idea that we sh- we need to be tracking things and having a reference point. So we know that when good things happen, we can look back and see why that good thing happened. And when bad things happen, we have a reference point for maybe why that happened. And then that gives us context to put together better plans. And so 2011, our volleyball team played for the national title. Um, and in the national title game, we um, there was a point where in between games two and three, a couple kids are like, I feel like I can't jump. I don't have any legs. And at that point, what are you going to do? It's the national title game. Get through it. Uh, we didn't win. Not saying that's why we didn't win, but I think there was some contributing factors there. Um, in that week in, in San Antonio, um, I think something like eight of our girls or 10 of our girls had taken a total of 28 finals because it was finals week here. And academics is pretty important at Illinois, and professors weren't going to give them incompletes or late they had to take it so a lot of finals which obviously affects sleep and stress and other things as well as just having a better pulse for how the season had gone and should we have been doing different things and so I'm a nerd after that I I, I came home and I just started digging in research uh, what can we look at how can we track these things what all is affected and I just started emailing random people calling random people reading buttloads of research looked at everything from HRV to a gamut of things and at the time, we didn't have a budget to do anything, so wellness mon- wellness questionnaires was the first thing. So we started there, and then we slowly grew from there. And so now we do a HRV on a daily basis. We do a wellness questionnaire on a daily basis. We do um, we count jumps during practice using an app. Uh, we do a, quite a few things, but that's grown piece by piece 
piece because I think that's a challenge. I think too many times hear what other people are doing and they try to cut and paste and do all those things versus having a good context, having a good conversation with the coach and strength and conditioning coach and athletic trainer of how do we start, where do we start, what's step one. Hey, you might need to learn how to drive or ride a tricycle before you learn how to drive a car before you get on the information superhighway. So I think those are some of the challenges there. And, and really, at the end of the day, that triangle, I like to talk about that triangle a lot, and we'll talk about that at the conference. But that triangle between the, the head coach, strength conditioning coach, and athletic trainer is essential. And if communication and collaboration doesn't exist in that triangle around that student athlete, you're screwed. You're going to end up with bad outcomes, in my opinion. No, 100%. What did I miss? No, no. Uh, no, that was at a thousand miles an hour. You just uh, <laughs> put everybody on the information superhighway there, real quick, bud. But yeah, so let's back up a little bit. Um, let's talk about how all of that now, you kind of being the information provider between the other two, how did that get started? A, with the three of you, B, how was that received? Because at many times, there, that could be looked at as a you know a, a toe stepping situation, mm -hmm. depending on a boatload of different things. Absolutely. And you just said you now are looking at three different things, which we've talked about in the past, you and I. But talk about how those progressed. How did okay. A go to B go to C? Because that I think is really cool. Okay. Well, first off, I, I would I I agree with your question, but I disagree with that's the way it should work. For me, it's not me driving the bus on this. It's all of us, including our student athletes. If we don't have compliance, if they're not involved, if they don't see the importance of that, if they don't see coaches, strength coaches, athletic trainers making phone calls, sending texts based on that data, making adjustments in practice, they ain't gonna, they're not going to be honest. They're not going to contribute. And so it takes all of us. I don't see this as me running the show on this. In fact, as I've taken on other administrative responsibilities, we've got a volunteer assistant that helps run the data, throw it in Tableau and other things. So I'm not... I, I'm not a guy that's saying this is all me. It's, it's not. That's completely false. I'm very blessed to work with a tremendous head coach and a great strength and conditioning coach, and we all work together. And I don't think we have the information. In fact, just this spring, and I'll talk about this at the, at the conference, just this spring we changed some of our questions and how we do them and when we do them because we're constantly asking how can we get better information and how can we do this better and how can we better engage our student athletes. And if we're not asking those questions, I think we're getting stagnant. We're, we're limiting the possibilities of what we can do. And so uh, going back to your question about how did we go from A to B to C, it started with pen and paper and just asking questions. So over that first spring of 2012, it was, I bet I, I have it in a file, but I think it was something like 22 different questions that we, not all at once, but over the course of the semester, because we knew in that five to 10 question range, we needed to kind of hone in on that five to 10 question range. Otherwise, it would be too much to ask for the student athletes because we have to be real. They have a lot on their plate. And if we're going to get compliance, we need to be efficient and we need to be respectful of their time and demands. And so we trialed about, like I said, 20, 25, at most 30 different questions, nutrition, hydration, sleep, sleep quality, soreness energy, mood, mood state, all these different things that you read about in different blogs and research articles. And we came down with what at the time we thought we were getting the best data from about seven of those. And so we stuck with those seven. But to be honest, if you've ever done pen and paper after about a month of entering that all into Excel and generating reports, it's a lot. And so speaking of information, highway, 
as you can see on this video, I'm talking on a phone hooked to a computer. I'm not the information superhighway kind of guy. <laughs> I called my brother who is a computer genius and I said, I need help. Can you help me design something, do something, build a website, an app, something? And he was he is uh, has a huge interest in sports and other things. And so he's like, yeah, sure. What do you want? So we started talking about it and he built me a platform and a website where our girls can log in every morning, answer the questions. It gets pushed directly to my phone like – like a lot of the apps and platforms are out there, I just did it in-house through a family member at uh, low cost and, and got done what I needed to get done to, to facilitate what we wanted to do here. And so we started with that. And then about that time, we we were at other pieces such as HRV. And so we started, we beta tested that fall with three three kids using the iAthlete finger monitor, not trying to make any of your sponsors mad jaded, but that's what we used. So three, three that fall, the next the next spring we went to eight and then the next fall we went to the full team using it and so uh, now on a daily basis we've since changed to another one I won't keep naming names but we now use a different one that uses a phone camera that I'm sure people can figure out but a phone phone sensor one just because it's easy the kids wake up they put their finger on the phone because let's be real every kid sleeps with their phone on their nightstand even if they tell you otherwise and so it's right there it's easy to do it's quick it's efficient they then enter that number into the platform it pushes us the results we dump it into Excel and Tableau, have reports that then we can all talk about and decide what we need to do that day, that week, uh, wh whatever it may be, check in with that young lady because soreness or stress is up. And going back to monitoring, a lot of people would call that monitoring. And I'll, I'll say this, I've said it before at other presentations and I'll say it again at cheers. I firmly believe our best monitoring tool that we have with our team is the fact that our head coach every two weeks sets down for at least an hour with each student athlete, not in his office and at random coffee shops on campus, and just talks to him about how's life, what's going on, everything outside volleyball. They don't talk about playing time, position, setting, etc. He just wants to know how they're doing, how school's going. And then oftentimes, not oftentimes, but occasionally after those conversations, he may call me and say, hey, Susie, which isn't a real student athlete, might need to check in with our sports psychologist or, hey, how's Susie's ferritin level? She seems really run down. Have we checked that lately? Or do we need to get this person in to see nutrition? I asked her if she had lunch. She had, and so we send them to nutrition. And so honestly, I think that communication piece is probably our greatest monitoring tool. We use some of these other ones to then uh, kind of follow up on those two weeks in between those meetings and try to do the best we can to share information and use our resources to help these kids grow, learn, do better, perform better, excel in life and on the court. Yeah, you know, and it, it seems to be something that is a consistently recurring theme in that no matter what you do, if it doesn't drive a conversation, there's no reason to do it. Um, Absolutely. And it's what, what I think is really neat about the situation that you seem to be in is how the, the conversation is so how it drives like a shotgun of conversations from not just, you know, sports med to the student or sports med to the strength coach or sports med to the coach, but it goes to there and then wherever else it needs to. Um, and yeah, it, it's neat that you have a head coach that's so forward thinking and involved and in ready to be, be with that. Um, so yeah, uh, that, that's really Really it's awesome. a lot of fun, and I'm really blessed to have a great coach and a great strength coach to work with because at the end of the day, that triangle, just like you said, to being able to spread out from that triangle and pull in our resources, it only takes one 
socially awkward or bad communicator or siloed person or egotistical person or a person that thinks their profession's better than the other profession to mess all that stuff up. And so having that uh, good piece in each of those corners of the triangles is essential. Yeah. So then let's, you, you've mentioned a couple times that you'll be talking about this or that or the other thing. Let's yep. talk about what you're looking to talk about here in July. So I think the, the title of my presentation is really, and I've been, my wife's been giving me a hard time since I've taken on this interim role about getting really philosophical. Um, and one of the philosophical thoughts that I've been chewing on a lot since December is that we can't try to solve 2016 problems with 1985 and 1995 mod uh, models, philosophies, organizational structures. And right now, quite frankly, in the NCAA and around the world, I think a lot of people are trying to solve 2016 problems or affect 2016 young people with 1985 and 1995 models, approaches, philosophies, uh, et cetera. And so my 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 thought and where I'd like to go with this, and I'm going to say I don't have I don't necessarily have all the answers, but I love asking questions. So if I can make the attendees ask questions about their own environment and, and seek answers, that's really my point. It's not to provide answers, but maybe help provide some questions because that's what I'm doing a lot. And I think if we're going to grow, that's what we have to do. And you know, I've talked about my head coach a lot. One thing he says is sometimes data doesn't help give us answers; it helps us ask better questions. So. My intent is to hopefully help you ask better questions about your environment. And so how do we solve 2016 problems with um, what, what's a 2016 model look like? And so that's that's kind of where my focus is going to be. And, and I hope to look across the gamut of the performance thing. A lot of people are liable to see that I'm an athletic trainer and think I'm going to be talking about ACL rehabs or sports medicine. And I'm not. And I'm not going to uh, I'm going to paint paint pictures or stereotype strength and conditioning coaches or sport coaches or athletic trainers. I'm just going to take a look at it from a generalist view and how we all have to work together and how really at the end of the day, there's some big rocks, um, in all these areas in terms of performance, the big rocks. And, you know, oftentimes, um, people talk about big rocks and threes and it seems like right now and, in, in performance, if you want to be a guru, you need to have acronym like ART or uh, FMS or whatever. I don't know if I'll have an acronym, but we'll talk about threesome. So that head coach, strength coach, athletic training triangle, the three big rock being sleep, nutrition, and, and stress management. Um, I, I have a lot of, a lot of kind of thoughts along those things. And I think that stress piece is huge because going back to your monitoring question early on there, I think a lot of times people use monitoring tools like a check engine light. And unfortunately at times when they see that check engine light come on, they just drive their car slower because life's busy and they never take the time to really figure out why the hell that check engine light keeps coming on. And so your kid may draw a yellow or a red on which, whatever your respective monitoring tool is or your Excel document, but what are you truly doing? How are you trying to drive education or intervention to make that stay green consistently? First is always just throwing a Band-Aid on the yellow or red light. Um, I remember here in Landon one time. Uh, say something about you're a professional and they're grown people. What? How are you educate them? Do your job. And so, you know, it's easy to see your check engine light come on and, and just keep on driving around town. But what's really keeping that thing, what's really causing that thing to keep flipping on? And, and that's the thing with our young people. Are we having those conversations? Are we doing other interventions? Are we using other resources or tools? Uh, or are we using a 1985 philosophy of these are my athletes? Hell no, they're not my athletes. They're all of our athletes. They're their own people. We need to use every resource we can to help them uh, do better and learn and grow and be better people. And so those are some of the things I want to talk about and, and hopefully make people ask questions. That's awesome. And I, 
the the acronym thing is is great. It's, uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> and that that could be fun. <laughs> that, that could be a lot of fun. I'll but see then, what I can come up with before then. But yes, it's true. Just I mean, here's the other thing. Get on Twitter and then just save a, a screenshot or two of your Twitter line today and look again in two weeks. It's going to be the same stuff and it's going to be the same people talking about the same stuff and it's going to be the same people talking about themselves and it's going to be the same people talking about those same acronyms. What are you actually doing with the young people in your life to, to, to contribute to them? I mean, for me, this is about, uh, there's not a question in my mind that I was put on this earth to take 18, take care of 18 to 22 year old kids. And so what are you doing to, to serve and what are you doing to grow and what are you doing to help? And a lot of that starts with communication and collaboration. And sometimes we, we seek the information super ha- highway and we lose sight of the people and communication and collaboration. There's another three piece thing for you. Yeah. But no, so the episode that's going to air before this is I interviewed uh, Brett Bartholomew and all we talked about awesome. for like 20 minutes and he, he got going on it, which was, it's killer. About, awesome. about relationships and building relationships and how, you know, especially because he works with fighters. So that's even like a, <laughs> a, a tougher inner circle to get into and, and how to get that buy-in. But that's really, you know, the, the every time we talk and we talk about all sorts of stuff, it, it always comes back to that. Is It's just, it still comes back to the, the relationships. And it's, that just seems to be another just common theme that I think, even but here's the thing. Let's be honest, Jay. It keeps coming back to relationships. But if we go back to that thought that just keeps rattling my head, why are we trying to use 1985 models to solve 2016 problems? If it's really re- about relationships, how many places have you been or how many places do you know about the relationship between the strength conditioning coach and the athletic trainer sucks? It's a turf war. Yep. And how does that affect the freaking kid? Like, if it's really about relationships, then how are we building that relationship? And then how are we building that relationship with the coach to better serve the kid? It's easy to say when things are going well that I did this and if things are going bad, well, then it's the strength coach. Or if the strength coach, it's the athletic trainer's fault. And it's like, that's not how you build relationships. That's not how you help kids. And so you're exactly right. But it's easy to say that. But what are you really doing to, to grow that? No. And I think that that's an awesome question that can be brought up in July and, and just start to get things spinning because I think that what you guys have that's really cool is really similar to what we have here with you know and sorry to say your name again but uh but Adam Smith and I where it's like it everything that that happens goes through both of us and it's there's there's very few ideas or, or things that are happening with any of the guys that it's not both of us involved and it's similar with with Will and and Matt when it comes to the women's swimming and diving program where there's very few, if any, decisions that are ever going or directions that we're moving that we're not all completely in on. And it's, I mean, of course, at the end of the day, it's it's Matt's decision. I mean, it's his team, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, he's, he's the well, guy. At the end of the day, they're adults. It's the kid. Well, right. Yeah, they could just say, <laughs> screw you. I'm not showing up. You know? <laughs> but, uh. But, you know, he's the guy that is at the pinnacle of all of it, winning those eight championships that he's won. So it's, right. it's really neat. To, and I'm excited to hear how, how yours is evolving, how these processes are evolving, and how you, you question others to get them to look, to push themselves and you forward through the weekend. 
Absolutely. I, I mean, if, if, if in that triangle that you don't have a good relationship and the other thing is it, just like you said, if they're not pushing you and asking you questions to make you want to grow, you're going to become stagnant and just fall back on old habits and just, it's easy just to keep regurgitating the same stuff over and over. Mm -hmm. No doubt about it. So then let me throw you a curveball. All right. Since we know where you're going and we, we've talked about the, the stuff prior, what is one question that people should be asking Randy Ballard that they're not asking Randy Ballard? Wow. That's a good one. One question they should be asking me. I, I would say this. One question that I, I ask myself is, is, is this the right path? Is the monitoring the right path? And are the questions we're asking the kids and the technologies we're using really giving us what we think it is? Because I at times really wonder about that. And, and the reason I say that, and I'm going to share some of this data at, at, um, at your conference, is because we've trialed a few different, more clinical kind of questionnaires uh, to really get a better gauge of stress, for example, in our student athletes. And I'll get, uh, I'll, I'll share more there and I'm not trying to hide secrets. I just don't want to get off on too big a tangent because quite frankly, uh, it could go for a while and I know you got limited time, but we've used a few of these clinical ones, such as the perceived stress questionnaire PSQ. And there's times where student athletes through a whole week have rated their stress on a scale of one to 10, a two or a three. And then you get the PSQ scores on that same kid, and they're through the roof, almost the point of clinical outcomes that if we were using it in a hospital setting, they would be like, this kid needs an intervention. And so are the questions we're asking even the right, the right questions, or are we going about this the right way in terms of – and that's the questions we're asking ourselves, and those are questions I think you should ask me, and I think those are questions I should ask you is like, do you really think that that is giving you what you think it is? And are there different ways to go about this? Are doing weekly questionnaires better than daily questionnaires or asking questions at noon versus asking them at 8 a.m. or asking them questions at nine or eight o'clock when they get out of practice and have to go to study hall for three hours? Are you going to get a better tale of their stress and or academic load than if you ask them at eight in the morning when they're still half asleep and just thinking about getting on class to time? And so I don't have an answer, but I think that's a great question that people should be asking me and asking themselves and asking others. Because if we think we have all the answers and ha have the correct questions they ask and the correct technologies, we're f blowing smoke up each other's backsides. That's neat. So you found that when they didn't think they were stressed, they were actually highly stressed. Yes. Allegedly. When yes. When asked a different way or through a different format or in a different time, different day, it's a really different story. Interesting. So then what did that drive? Like what, what was the outcome of, of that? We've changed some of our questions tremendously. We've changed when we've asked questions. We're trying to put together what, what we want to do in the fall based on some beta testing. We did the last three weeks of four weeks of spring of, do we try just getting hours of sleep, quality of sleep and, you know, morning HRV first thing in the morning. And then do we have them do another questionnaire coming into practice about um, stress or class or academic load or mindset or mental fatigue? And then do we do another one after practice looking at how stressful is your evening going to be? How much homework do you have? Um, 
things like that. You know, a good uh, and the other thing is, you know, you look at like Saw's research, and clearly subjective questionnaires may tell us or do tell us more than some of the objective things, depending on things. And I'm sure people will disagree with me there, but I I think that there's some it's a different approach and it gives you some different information, subjective versus objective. And so, um, you know, instead of maybe asking stress, like do 18 to 22 year olds even know how to answer that question? I mean, the vast majority of them are overwhelmed and underprepared. Let's be real. And just look at the mental health challenges in that demographic. They're skyrocketing. And so there, it's a convoluted challenge that we're dealing with on a daily basis and taking care of 18 to 22 year olds. But I think we have to go back and say, are we asking the right questions? And if if we're not, then maybe do we just need to rephrase them difference? Like we found just asking, do you feel like you're if if life is a bus, for example, are you driving the bus or is someone else? That may tell you more about their stress level than just saying rate your stress on a scale of one to ten. That's an interesting question. So do you feel as though you're in control of what's going on or not? Yes. And let's be real. Everyone's different. Some people just want to jump in the back of the minivan and go for a ride. And other people want to be the one driving the bus. And then there's some people that want to be like driving their bus with their head hanging out the sunroof. And so you have to figure out what's for that. And so you have to have some contextual data for some time, as well as some conversations in a relationship with that kid to know like, hey, this is bad for this kid or this is good for this kid. But uh, we're just, I mean, we're just starting to pick the top of the iceberg, I think, in terms of all of us, not just us here at Illinois, but there's so many, there's so much more going on under the water that we don't realize with these kids. And, and we've got to do a better job and keep asking ourselves, what is the best way to go about getting what we need to do to make the best intervention and drive the best program? And, and really at the end of the day, better prepare them for the life after here. Yeah, no, that's, that's stellar. And that's a great analogy, too, with the bus and, and driving. That's fantastic. So then where do you see this going now in the future? With this, from, from where you guys are now, with the yep. beta test moving forward, where do you see this for University of Illinois this time next year? This time next year, I think we're going to have way more people involved than we do now. We're already reaching out to people on campus in terms of sports psychologists and clinical psychologists and people who write questionnaires for, for their livelihood and develop these things. And so we're reaching out to those people. We're bouncing ideas off them, and, and I hopefully, can, hopefully we can grow that network to kind of get some feedback. But more importantly, we're engaging our student-athletes. Luckily, we've created a culture where our kids give us feedback um, and tell us, like, I, I don't think this is really getting at what you think it's getting at. And so I think we're going to continue to evolve our questions, ask different questions. We're definitely already decided we're going to do questions um, differently in terms of how we space those out, most likely first thing in the morning, before practice and after practice, uh, as well as we're trying to figure out what's the best way to ask the questions that we want to ask. And then I think the other question we have to ask is how do we context or put into context performance? Uh, or is that just by free throw percentage, three point percentage, wins, losses? Hey, maybe we should ask the kid, like, how did you think you performed this day? Or how hard did, you know, there's a lot of things there. And so how then do we have something to correlate some of this stuff to versus just asking a shit ton of questions? Excuse my French. And so I think if we're going to, further drive education we have to be able to show the kid like hey when you get eight hours of sleep when you report that you're properly fueled for practice and when you report that you're driving the bus 
you say that you perform really well at practice. So how do we help you drive the bus? How do we make sure you're fueling well? How do we make sure you're getting your eight hours of sleep? Because at the end of the day, that's what we have to do is educate, 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 communicate, communicate, communicate. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think that performance monitoring stuff is the hardest part of all of it because you have to take into consideration the opponent. Absolutely. And in a sport like, let's say, volleyball, like – an outside hitter could have a tremendous game, but if the setter is having a bad game, I mean, how do you put that into context? If you're not getting set a good ball, how can you say that you're having a good game or a bad game? Right. No, yeah, there's so many. I do like the idea of them grading themselves, but so many people are going to look at it and say, well, I got mine. Or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I might not have played great, but I still got 12 and 8, so that was good enough. Or, you know. I had a, I still had, you know, two dozen kills, even though we didn't play well or something. So it's, that is tricky, but that'll be neat. I'd, I'd, I'd be interested to see how that goes forward. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're, and that's the other great thing about the people I work with is we don't think we have answers, but we're willing to share and have conversations with others about what they think about stuff because I'm just a big crock pot of ideas and mentors and other things that people have poured into me and I'm letting it simmer and I'm willing to share that with whoever. Yeah, no, man. But I'm excited to hear it. I'm excited to see it because it's uh, it's going to be a blast having you here in July, buddy. I appreciate you taking the time, Randy. This is uh, this is awesome, man. We're going to get this up here in a, in a couple of weeks. People are going to love this. Awesome. Looking forward to it, Jay. Yeah, brother. Appreciate it. Yep. And a huge thank you to today's guest, Randy Ballard. Guys, an absolute gem in the profession. A guy who's doing absolutely fantastic things, leading the way. Um, and really at the, at the forefront of uh, this athlete-centered model and, and thinking through and developing these, these, these formulas and programs to, to get these kids in the right spot. You know, I can't thank Randy enough for taking the time. Super awesome talk, a ton of great information. Uh, I hope you guys took as much from it as I did. And as always, if you enjoyed it, please share it through the social media outlet of your choice, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be. Help us spread the word, guys. We're just trying to get good information out there to coaches. Um, and I hope that you're as excited as we are to have Randy on the docket. And then this was just, you know, to kind of, you know, set your appetite there a little bit for it because uh, Randy, Randy's going to bring it, man. I'm really excited to have him on. I hope you guys are too. And we will see you guys next week with another awesome guest. Thanks for being part of Central Virginia Sport Performance. We will see you then.